I think one thing that uh, has been really transformative for me has just been this idea of like God saying, of course you have a hard time trusting me. And just like God, just having no ego in that, you know, no, like, you know, what do you mean you can't trust me? Or what do you, you know, just God being like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like given what you've been told about me, like it makes sense. Of course you feel like you can't trust me and, and that's okay. We'll, we'll just, we'll go forward from there. We'll, we'll start, you know, I want to build trust with you. Hi, I'm Mark Schmeeby and welcome to Saving My Faith. My faith has taken quite a beating over the years, but I still want to hang on to it. There's still so much excellent wisdom within the Christianity that I grew up with that I believe can truly revolutionize our world. I want to help fight through the clutter of the messy and unnecessary and find the really good stuff. I want to save my faith and maybe help save yours too. Today is part two of my conversation with author and therapist Crispin Mayfield. I was so honored when I got asked to narrate the audiobook for his brand new release. It's called Attached to God, a practical guide to deeper spiritual experience. I really can't recommend this book enough. There was so much beauty and wisdom and hope uh, just drenching every page. So I hope you get to check out that book sometime. If you didn't get a chance to listen to part one, I'll put uh, the link to it in the show notes and also different ways that you can connect with Crispin. I found him on Twitter and I just love all that he posts on, on Twitter talking about the intersection of faith and psychology. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I know this is all in your book, uh, we're talking about all the stuff and it's so healing and I'm so over the moon to talk about God delighting in us and that story of the prodigal son is just one of my absolute favorites and the way that you frame that in the book is amazing. Uh, probably the most moving part of the book for me and when I was narrating the audiobook, I was in tears mm. <laughs> reading <laughs> this part. Uh, do you mind sharing with us that really profound moment that you had, um, where you kind of heard something from God. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, a few years ago and, um, I was going through my own, um, trauma work and, um, and just really just this, just a really dark place of feeling, a lot of self-judgment and within that like um judgment from god and probably anyone who's listening maybe relates to uh something on that spectrum yes. of just like i'm just failing at everything i'm screwing everything up like why would anyone want to be around me why would anyone want to be mm. my friend or my partner and mm -hmm. um and my my wife was like you know maybe you uh, should go to this Catholic garden, um, uh, you know, just to go like have some, have some time. And, uh, right. so I'm walking around it's, it's on the, uh, North in Northeast Portland, just up on this like bluff basically. Um, and it's called the grotto. And I see this, uh, statue of Mary and baby Jesus. And I just, 
you know, heard in it, not audibly, but uh, God say, you know, this is like you and me, you can cry on my chest. Um, it's okay. Like, I'm just here for you. Mm. And, um, and my, my gut reaction was like, that's not what I was taught. Like, right. you know, <laughs> like God is a father. And, um, in, in, in that, what, you know, I, I expressed some like resentment of like, I'm just tired of feeling judged by you all the time. It feels like I'm always failing. Mm. feels like you're just looking at me with, you know, disgust and judgment. And God was like, no, I'm, I'm your mother. Um, and you can, you know, I'm just going to hold you. And so I was like, okay, like, all right, maybe I can trust this, mm. right? Maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and then I walk into this, uh, they have a little um, chapel there that overlooks the airport, actually. And I'm sitting in there and I'm, you know, thinking like, all right, like, how do I know this is true? And how do I hold on to this? If this is true, like, God, I, I want you to give me some sort of sign, which, you know, I think in the book, I say, like, I'm kind of following in a long tradition of people in the Bible doing the same right, thing. Right. And, um, and right then this mother and her baby walk in um, and the baby's crying and the mom's just like, you know, balancing the baby and holding the baby. Um, and it just, you know, just cemented that picture of like, you can be a total mess and I just adore you. I'm just going to hold you. Um, and I, I could just feel this like change, this like shift in my body of like, all right, God, isn't that, you know, isn't this judge that's, <laughs> that's always, you know, just waiting for me to fail or waiting for me to become a better version of myself. God is, is holding me and God is right there. Even if I'm wailing and crying and a mess so that's so profound and beautiful and what a gift you were given i mean you you set out the fleece and then this crying baby walks in like <laughs> it sounds like a movie like like we could have scripted it uh -huh. you know i love yeah i love that we are graced with moments like that that really become uh, our Ebenezer's like markers, uh -huh, right, yeah. these moments that you sealed in the book. And mm -hmm. man, I'll yeah. never forget that. And I'm sure, uh, hopefully, hopefully you won't either. Yeah, I'll remind no, I, you of it. If you right. And, and I think that like, you know, coming away from that, it really told me that showed me how, you know, God, I know that God is a healer yes and god wants to heal us and wants to meet us in our insecurity and in our shame and in our you know self-loathing and and sometimes it takes like a new image or new metaphor um to to understand that and so if you're in that place where it's like yeah i was given all these images and metaphors in the church um but but they only make me feel worse. You know, I, I just want to say it, you're find that thing that to you says that, that really communicates love. Yes. Um, in unconditional acceptance. And, um, you know, uh, in terms of kind of practical stuff in the book, I talk about, you know, can you 
find find that source of love in your life and maybe it is uh a dog or you know i mean that's a great picture if you're if you're a dog owner like just thinking about that the way that your dog looks at you and you know <laughs> sees you and loves you like if you you know for some people it's like all right if god loved me a tenth right of the way my dog does <laughs> like that would be a healing picture for me absolutely and to spend time thinking about like the like the idea of like it does require a bit of imagination right mm-hmm. to, to kind of go okay if my if my dog loves me that way i'm just going to imagine that god loves mm-hmm. me that way because experiencing god's love is really intangible it it becomes tangible in ways when we look for it mm-hmm. is my experience mm-hmm. like it's easy to kind of feel like i'm not feeling it today but then like it's almost like when you buy a red car, you start seeing red cars everywhere. Right. I feel like that's how it is. When I start sensing God's love, I sense it way more. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when you're grateful, you become more grateful and you start recounting these things. So there is kind of a, a discipline of imagination mm-hmm. and, and a retraining our brain. I mean, that's that's what therapy is, right? right? It's giving us the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Here I am preaching to the choir. But, um, <laughs> but the idea of just thinking of some things in new ways in order to create new pathways of healing for us. Can you touch on the ideas of the different attachment styles? Like I mentioned to you, like I took your test in your book and I, uh-huh. I'm, I'm all of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was reading through the book again. I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm not shut down. No, I'm actually shame based. Right. Like, yeah, you you can be all three. Okay, okay. Thank you, thank you, Chris. But I do want to be the best at this. Right? Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> so that you really approve of uh-huh. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In in really, there are these three different styles, but um, it's best understood like these are three different strategies and you fall into that style when you use that, you know, whichever strategy you use most, but uh, some of us use all the strategies. And, um, and so the first one is anxious and anxious attachment style. And um, in relationships uh, like romantic relationships, let's look at um, that's that person that's really clingy, right? Like I need to know, are we okay? Like you didn't, text me and I sent you a text two minutes ago like what's going on um that's not me I'm not (laughs) like that at all no and like you know from the outside it looks really clingy but to that person it feels like oh it's up to me to make sure things are okay Mm. it's up to me to make sure that we keep connection and so when you think about that with God um you know that is that was my much of my evangelical upbringing was uh it's up to you to make sure that you stay close to god right um right and you're saved by faith not works you're saved by a relationship with jesus um and here are the acts you do to keep that relationship right, right? yeah yeah and it's a long list so <laughs> right exactly yeah. yeah you know so the you know quiet time but also um, you know, not sinning and <laughs> everything in between. Yes. Um, so that's that anxious attachment style. And, and in my book, I go into a lot of the research around that, you know, how that plays out psychologically and how that plays out in relationships and really how we end up ex- often exhausted and sometimes even resentful of mm. like, why do I have to try so hard to keep you close? Right. 
And that again, shows up with God and other relationships. So um, the second one is a shutdown attachment style. And this is um, a way of connecting, but it doesn't seem like it. it. It's kind of this approach of like, I'm okay on my own. I don't have feelings. I don't have needs. Mm. Um, but that comes from a place of um, if growing up having emotions um, resulted in rejection or distance, right? So if it's like, I'm crying and uh, dad says, you know, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. If you want to stay in dad's good graces, you got to act like you're okay. Right. Right. And so then you just end up telling yourself, yeah, I'm fine on my own. I'm, you know, I'm okay. I don't have emotions. I don't have needs. And that's actually a way of uh, keeping that belonging, and then in the church, if you're worried or you're sad, that means you don't have enough faith. If you, you know, that's the message we get. If you had enough faith and you would feel joyful and you would feel hopeful. And, um, and so we just stuff those emotions down. Yes. And, um, and that goes kind of both ways because then we can use our faith tradition, right? Scripture or whatever to stuff down those feelings. So it's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I read this verse, you know, about God's in control of everything. So I don't feel worried about anything, um, which I don't think is the way that it is in a healthier emotional way. What it looks like is, oh, I feel worried. I'm going to own that. I'm going to say, yeah, that is an emotion I have. And I'm going to look for comfort in verses like God is in control. Mm. So uh, that would be that shutdown attachment of just like, I'm, I'm disconnected from my emotions. Um, and for, for some people, they're like, well, why is that a problem? It works well for me. <laughs> right. Um, ask the people in your life because <laughs> mm. the people around you will be like, well, I don't feel like I know what you're feeling or know you or so, you know, as a couples therapist, that's a lot of what I run into. One person's like, well, you know, and often like a man in a heterosexual relationship saying like, well, I don't know why I need to have emotions and wife is like, but it, I don't feel connected to you. Mm. Right. So anyway, if you're like listening to this and you're like, well, that sounds like a great way of dealing with emotions. <laughs> um, it just doesn't work very well for relationships. Mm. So, um, and then the third is shame filled. And that's what I talked about earlier, which is this idea of like, I really need to be holy in order to be close to God. Right. And um, since I can't be holy enough, at least I can like hate the unholy parts of myself and sort of be in agreement with God, you know, in my mind of like, yeah, God, like I'm never going to be good enough. But like, if I agree with you that I am really disgusting and you can't stand to be around me, then maybe we'll be okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, but that, doesn't work either no. um and and i'm reminded of the words of henry Nowen, who um you know a lot of folks are familiar with and he talked about the work of prayer um being pushing aside the you know all the negative self-talk basically and hearing the good things that god says about me mm. um but for so many of us it's like no you're not supposed to hear the good things god says about you you're supposed to feel convicted and that way you'll change. And, right. um, and that's that shame felt attachment style of like, if I can just beat myself up or criticize myself, then I can get the closeness that I want. Mm. Man, that is so powerful. 
and I think you nailed every human, like everything that you just <laughs> said in the past like five minutes. It's like it's you got me and you got some of us in all three categories right. at one time or another in our lives. Mm-hmm. We fall into those different right. or patterns. one time or another in a day, you know, Oh, in a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We give each other permission to do that as well. Uh-huh. I love how you reframed them from being commands to being comforts. Mm-hmm. Like God is in control. Like you better not worry, <laughs> but when you worry, be comforted to know that God is in control. Mm-hmm. And you talk about how it says, do not be afraid or fear not. And for some of us, we grew up here, don't be afraid, you know? <laughs> and if you're afraid, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. But you reframe it in such graceful, beautiful way that says, when you do feel afraid, Know that God is with you and comforting you. Do you want to expand on that? Just yeah, for a yeah, definitely. You know, we've been in pandemic life for the last two years, and um, and we've seen uh, the way that different Christians have approached the pandemic, and um, in you know, saying things like "Don't be afraid." You know, fear right. is. You know, I've heard things like "fear is of the devil." Um, and it would be great if, uh, you know, we could just say like, don't be afraid. Um, as a therapist, if I could just, if people could come in and I'm like, don't feel sad, yeah. don't worry, you know, like <laughs> I would be a millionaire, um, but that's not the way that it works. No. Um, and we know just the way that humans work and connection and relationships work is we, we need to be able to acknowledge and have those feelings accepted. Mm. And then have, you know, a caregiver, which is God, <laughs> um, you know, step in. And so in, in the book, I talk about, you know, walking around our neighborhood with my son and, you know, there's that, you know, a dog behind the fence that, you know, starts, you know, ravishly barking at us and he gets scared. Right. And, um, and I, you know, squeeze his hand and I say, it's, it's okay. You don't need to be afraid. And I think that's, you know, God knows that the world is scary. God knows that we worry. It's part of our nervous systems. It's part of how we survive as humans. Um, And so to have that picture of God stepping in and as a comforter, um, rather than, you know, the dad that's saying, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about, right? Your emotions aren't okay here. And, um, And if there's any question about like, you know, is there room for emotions? Like just read scripture because, you know, Psalms is a great place to start with, you know, so many emotions and, and really like this interpretation of like, we're going to use these commands to tell ourselves to not feel emotion is a very recent interpretation. Mm. You know, when you look at um, Israel and that ancient near East uh, context, um, that was a culture where it was okay to feel emotions. And so we can, we can know that that that's the context that it was given in. In fact, um, I guess just to kind of tie back around to where we started with um, refugees in Minneapolis, um, I went to a funeral one time and uh, in a, for a Somali community. And um, one of the traditions is there's kind of a religious ceremony. Um, and then everyone walks out into a field and just wails. 
and just cries at the top of their lungs. Mm. And, um, and these were the, the men that I knew, you know, these were like young men, like 20, 21, you know? So here in the, in the U S you think of like, you know, especially young men in that, um, in that age range are typically like, you know, I'm going to be tough. And, um, but yeah, just to see, and, and that's, that's the very similar to the culture that the Bible was written in where it's like, yeah, emotions are here. Um, and then we have a God who enters in and is with us in these emotions. Mm, oh man. That's a powerful image. It makes me want to go find a field somewhere <laughs> and just yeah. let it out, express some stuff. Yeah. Wow. I feel like today has been such an opportunity to give people permission to feel. And what an honor that is to just say, it's okay what you feel. It's okay what you think about God. It's okay what you don't think about God. <laughs> it's okay that, you, that you've actually developed some discernment through the pain that you've experienced in your life to identify areas that maybe you don't want to enter into again. That's mm -hmm. totally okay and very smart, actually. Uh -huh. But when I think about somebody who exemplified unconditional love to me, I think about my grandma mm. and how the expectations were that she was just going to love me. Like, that was her MO. Uh -huh. And that might be one of those really unique relationships that can model that and sometimes if we haven't had that model, we can actually model that for other people mm -hmm. still. And through that experience, we can understand more clearly what unconditional love from God is. But overarching all of this, the feeling of God as that father in the prodigal son story, who is constantly on the lookout for his son, who stole his inheritance, uh -huh. <laughs> squandered it, and slept with the pigs, and then decided, I think I need to come back. Mm -hmm. God is looking and ready to run towards you and receive you with arms of love and compassion mm -hmm. to pronounce over you that you are the beloved. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something that I remind myself of every day. Mark, you're the beloved. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And let yourself be loved. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell myself. And I want to just add something in there. Yeah, about these thoughts and feelings that we have towards God of insecurity. You know, with this picture of God, like I can just imagine God saying, I want to hear these things. <laughs> mm. You know, it, it, mm. if you feel like... Um, you know, if you have an image of me of just being disappointed in, in you all the time, tell me about that. I want to hear about that. I want, I want to meet you in, in that place. It's not just like, well, stop feeling that or stop thinking that. Right. Right. It's like, oh, well, help me understand that. And, uh, and I want to heal this, this part of this relationship. And, mm. and, uh, you know, we tend to think of, um, of our relationship with God is just like, God and us. So God's not the problem. We're the problem. Right. But I can imagine God, you know, being like, well, where'd you hear that? Well, I heard it here and here and here. Oh my gosh. They told you that. Like, <laughs> right. You know, I can't <laughs> believe that they, that they told you that uh, you have to be perfect for me to want to be around you. You know, right. that's not how I work. Oh. Um, 
in God saying, but it makes sense that you feel that way. And, and even, um, you know, I, I've had, I think one thing that, uh, has been really transformative for me has just been this idea of like God saying, of course you have a hard time trusting me and just like God, just having no ego in that, you know, no, like, you know, what do you mean you can't trust me or what do you, you know, just God being like, Oh, that makes so much sense. Like given what you've been told about me, like it makes sense. Of course you feel like you can't trust me and, and that's okay. We'll, we'll just, we'll go forward from there. We'll, we'll start, you know, I want to build trust with you. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, and, uh, I, I just got to share, <laughs> uh, a, a story, not from my life. Um, but Padre Gotuma is a wonderful author. Um, he's a poet and he tells the story, um, of his mom, um, who was Catholic and, um, and had this, uh, you know, spiritual connection with the Virgin Mary, um, but not necessarily in a good way, um, had always felt like, um, always, you know, felt distrustful of, uh, Mary, whereas in the church, in the Catholic church, you know, she's, she's supposed to be kind of this bestower of goodness and nurturing. And, um, and so she actually had this vision of, of Mary being on her bed and, and Mary said, you never liked me very much, did you? And part of that was, uh, she had had an abusive, I think, stepmother. Um, and so, you know, of course there's this association of like, it's hard to trust you. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're, you're a mother figure. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Mary said, you know, you didn't, you, you don't like me very much. And she said, no. And she said, that's okay. And I know we're kind of stretching. If you, if you don't come from a Catholic background at all, it takes a little translation, but I think that's such a beautiful picture of God saying like, yeah, if you don't, wherever you're at, it's okay. It's okay. You know, that's part of being human. And, um, and I'm just here with you. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for just being with me today and for bringing your all and putting your heart and soul and your years and years of training <laughs> and experience into this profound book attached to God. Thank you so much for, for narrating it. I am, I just feel so honored. Um, you know, some people are like, Oh, I wanted to narrate my book. I was like, oh, that is not me. <laughs> I, I am so glad that someone else, someone else did it. I did a highly produced podcast last year where you know I had to read narration and I'm like I I stumble over every other word <laughs> so I'm glad that there are uh, folks that enjoy doing this and again I just I, I really appreciate it and it's been so neat to when people are like oh I'm gonna get the you know the audiobook that's how I learn best to be like oh I, I actually have a personal connection with the person that read yes. this and let me tell you he was, you know, re felt really connected to the book. Yes. And, and I think that means something. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what a strange world we live in where this is like how we get to know each other. Right. I love it yeah. so much. Well, um, I'll say thank you and to be continued. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'd love to, to continue this conversation. I just, uh, yeah, this has been one of the best podcast experiences so I, mm. I appreciate this a lot and just appreciate your heart in this. So mm. thanks, Mark. 
Thank you again so much to Crispin Mayfield for this amazing conversation that we were able to have. This was part two. Don't forget, if you want to check out part one, just check the show notes, or you can always visit savingmyfaith.com. That's, that's a really easy way to stay connected, to subscribe. I'll even send you out an email every time I put out a, a new release. You can just subscribe right there at savingmyfaith.com. I would really like to hear your feedback on these conversations, maybe a topic that you'd like to have addressed or a conversation that you'd like to hear. Um, Maybe you have a question or maybe you'd like to share um, how you have saved your faith, maybe a, a different experience you had or a safe community you experienced. What have you done to save your faith? You can always give us a call here on our podcast line. Let me give you this number, 612-466-0069. Just give us a call, leave a message, and then uh, we may use your comment in the show. I'm Mark Smeeby. You've been listening to Saving My Faith. And always remember that we're in this together. You're not alone. And you are deeply loved.